everybody welcome to trek trek i'm your host justin chang and with me is randy nelson hello hello randy how's it going yeah, it's going okay how are you buddy uh pretty good pretty busy yeah uh, lot, work, work stuff yeah a lot going on at work yeah uh, you you need to um clone yourself probably oh yeah that's always a great idea as we will soon find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing anything fun over the weekend or anything? Uh, no, I, I played a little bit of Hearthstone. Um, and because basically everyone I work with plays it and they're being very, um, what do they call that? Peer pressure <laughs> to, to check it out. Uh, no, that, that it's looks like a lot of fun. Um, just, I'm horrible at it and you know, I haven't actually spent any money on it. So I have like really basic cards and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've got to get much better at it before I think it becomes fun. Right. More fun. Well, you, in order to be competitive, you have to have some good cards. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not like a, an app purchase kind of person. So yeah, like there's a new um, there's a new Star Trek to keep on topic. There's a new Star Trek mobile game out. Um, it's called like Star Trek Histories or something along uh, those lines. Timelines. Timelines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think there are in app purchases and purchases in that. Like I just I don't know. Like just not. Not of that ilk. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong. If you want to <laughs> have, you want to purchase things in in app, and you know, like get your dilithium produced faster or whatever it does. Uh, but yeah, I, I just just like to see what the enjoyment I can get out of things just for uh, you know the entry fee and. Mm-hmm. That is free in most cases. Yeah. But, uh, any, did you do anything fun? Uh, no, I was working over the weekend. Right, right. Hence the uh, you need a clone yeah. comment. <laughs> uh, but I did make time to uh, see some Star Trek. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, good. Yeah. Then we can uh, make a show out of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, what, why are we here, right? No, we're um, just talking. That's the podcast now. It's just us talking. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, if we don't talk about Star Trek, I mean, we really have nothing to, to say. Yeah, I, I guess, other. I mean, I guess the show's over. No. <laughs> we're like, um, uh, the Mythbusters. Like, we don't really like each other <laughs> <laughs> outside of the podcast. We don't hang out, do anything. Uh, you know, we, it's just our, our common love of Star Trek that uh, gives us a reason to speak. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I watched, uh, watched the two episodes. We're going to talk about this episode. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm all ready. I'm ready to get in. Yeah. Get into it. We were going to talk about Star Trek Enterprise Season 3, Episode 9, North Star. Oh. Original air date, November 12th, 2003. Oh, so it's not Lone Star? Or it's not, uh, what? what's the name of that, that system in cars? Is that North Star? No. You know, you call and like you get an accident and they send someone for <laughs> on, you. On Star? On Star. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was really disappointed. I'm gonna spoiler alert, this episode is not about On Star. It's not about North Star from Alpha Flight either. Oh, okay. 
And it's not about Lone Star from Spaceballs. No. So it's it's about North Star, I think. It's about a North Star, maybe? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a different episode for Enterprise, as yeah. we'll discuss shortly. Um, the episode opens with cowboys on horseback mm-hmm, mm-hmm. riding into an old west style town at night and this is unusual for star trek how no well i mean especially <laughs> for enterprise yeah well they're on the holodeck right <laughs> wait there is no holodeck there's no holodeck. Okay. please explain <laughs> uh yeah these cowboys are they lynch a human-like alien that mm. one of the cowboys refers to as a skag Okay. Uh, Skags are also aliens uh, in the Borderlands games. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so... they're they're kind of like dog-like creatures, <laughs> dog monsters. Yeah, they came after this, but who knows? Maybe uh, Randy Pitchford and those Gearbox guys were inspired. They're the big Star Trek fans. Wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, that is the opening credits. Uh, just to remind you that you actually are watching Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> you're not on the wrong channel folks uh later it's daytime and uh the alien the dead alien is in a wooden coffin uh a human woman named bethany is taking care of the expenses uh the sheriff says that the skag killed a man so he would have been executed uh anyway uh but bethany clearly believes that the sheriff is prejudiced against skags mm. uh, i noted that the sheriff is played by glenn morshauer who's a character actor who's been in stuff like 24 and the transformers movies oh right right i knew he looked familiar well thanks for that little tidbit uh then archer to paul and trip are undercover wearing western clothes to blend in and and uh, T'Pol is wearing a scarf yeah, <laughs> around well, her, her you, ears. You gotta yes. cover those ears. Yeah. Uh, T'Pol confirms to Archer that the people are human. Uh, Archer wants to know how people from Earth got to this planet in the Expanse. Yeah, already I was, okay. <laughs> I was, like, on the edge of my seat a little bit. Like, I'm interested to find out how this happened. Uh, on Enterprise, Reed tells Archer that there are about 6,000 humans and fewer than 1,000 aliens. Uh, there are no signs of modern technology or ships. Uh, Archer tasks T'Pol and Trip with investigating the aliens. Uh, meanwhile, Archer goes to the saloon for info, because that's what you do in a Western. Yeah, well, hey, let me just point out real quick that uh, they have watched more than enough Westerns on movie night on Enterprise to know exactly what to do. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a dream come true. I'm surprised, uh, yeah, I'm surprised more of the crew didn't want to go down on the mission. Uh, there's a young Skag who we later learn is named Drasic working uh, there. He's doing the cleaning. Uh, suddenly, the men from the beginning of the episode waltz in. We learn that the leader of the group is a deputy named Bennings. Uh, he bullies the young Skag into drinking with them. Uh, before things get lethal, Archer steps in. Then the sheriff appears and questions Archer, and he wants to make sure that Archer leaves town. Mm-hmm. Uh, at night, Archer visits Bethany, who we learn is a teacher. She reveals that the Skags are actually a race called the Skagarans, 
and that no one in town treats them as people. She takes Archer to visit the Skagarans outside of town. At the Skagaran camp, uh, Archer uh, reconvenes with T'Pol and Trip. Uh, Bethany is there to teach the Skagaran children, which she has to do at night because it's illegal to teach Skagarans. Uh, T'Pol and Trip confirm that the Skagarans are living out of what remains of a ship, and they found some data modules that they will analyze on Enterprise, while Archer stays behind to learn more about the Skagarans. Uh, suddenly, Bennings and his goons appear, and Archer tries to fight them, but he and Bethany ultimately get uh, imprisoned. Uh, in the jail cell, Bethany elaborates on the origins of the Skagaran human relationship. Uh, 300 years ago, the human's ancestors were taken to this planet in order to be slaves for the Skagaran colonies. So alien abduction, basically. Alien abduction. Uh, apparently, they abducted some horses, too, because... Mm -hmm. How did they have horses on that planet? Yeah, they, they, they needed a way. They were like, oh, these humans are going to need a way to get around that isn't high tech. Sure. Yeah. We'll okay, go we'll with go, that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, a man named Cooper Smith is a hero to the humans for liberating them from the Skagarans. However, the Skagarans call him Rockdar, which means butcher, because he and his men destroyed the Skagaran ships and killed entire families of Skagarans. Uh, Smith then wrote the laws that prevented Skagarans from going to school, owning property, or marrying. Uh, the sheriff meets with Archer and tells him he has an hour to leave town and that Bethany will be going to prison for at least 10 years for teaching Skagarans. Uh, so Archer breaks Bethany out. As her fleeing on carriage, Benning shoots Bethany. Uh, Archer beams Bethany and himself out so she can get treated in sickbay. Mm-hmm. Uh, much to the surprise of Bennings at all. Mm -hmm. uh, after Phlox removes the bullet, he tells Archer and T'Pol that Bethany is a one-quarter Skagarin. Oh. Uh, meanwhile, Bennings tries to convince the sheriff that Archer is working with the Skagarins because he stood up for Drasic at the saloon. Uh, he was at Skagtown, the Skagarin camp, uh, and he uses the same technology that the Skagarins did. Uh, Bennings believes that the Skagarans are finally rising up, so he wants to go to Skagtown and burn it down. Uh, the sheriff tries to rein Bennings in, so Bennings quits being a deputy. Yeah, if he, if he can't have his way, he's gonna quit. Uh, yeah, Bennings, not a great guy. No. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty well established at this point, right? Yeah. Uh, on Enterprise, Hoshi, who had been analyzing the data modules, confirms Bethany's stories about the Skagarin using the humans as slaves. Uh, they can't just leave the, these people behind, but they can't carry 6,000 people back to Earth. So Archer says that they'll come back and try to help these people after they deal with the Zindi. Mm -hmm. uh, for now... So, so the humans, right? Yeah, yeah. He's talking about getting the humans out of there, at least. Yeah. Uh... For now, however, he wants the people to know that Earth hasn't abandoned them. Mm -hmm. uh, this means he's going to fly a shuttle pod down into the middle of town uh, <laughs> with uh, T'Pol Reed and some soldiers. Mm -hmm. T'Pol without her headband. Yep. Uh, Archer gives the sheriff the lowdown. As things mm -hmm. are wrapping up, the sheriff gets shot by Bennings. Uh, there's an old-fashioned shootout, only with face pistols. Uh, 
it's kind of like the movie Cowboys and Aliens. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it is phase pistols versus bullets, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Archer gets shot by Bennings, and an injured Archer has a fist fight with uh, Bennings. Uh, and it's a, it's an awful wound too. Yeah, it's a pretty nasty wound. <laughs> it's the most blood yet on Christ. <laughs> Uh, at some point, uh, T'Pol gets taken hostage, which I thought was really stupid. Yeah. Because she can easily fight back. Yeah. She knows the Sousmon uh, martial arts. Yeah. I uh, am plus Vulcans are stronger than humans. Yes. Uh, but uh, Reed stuns T'Pol and her captor. Uh, right. He shoots. Yeah. He shoots he the shoots. hostage. Like the Saiyan speed, <laughs> which surprises the cowboy guy. Uh-huh. Uh, back on Enterprise, Bethany looks down at her planet below. Uh, she thinks her people are barbaric compared to the people of Earth. Uh, but Archer believes that progress will be made on her planet. Uh, even Sheriff McGreedy uh, believes that some of the laws are outdated. Mm-hmm. Later on the planet, Bethany teaches a room consisting of human and Skagaran children, as well as Sheriff McGreedy, about the Wright brothers as the episode ends. Right. And she has a pad, right? Like they've left her with, well, I don't know if it's a pad at this point, but they've left her with some kind of technology. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they're living in whatever era that. Enterprise mm. crew is living in, so... Yeah, yeah. So Get they've it. left her with, like, an iPad, basically. And it has videos of the Wright brothers. So, like, she's like, here, if you look, you can see them flying! <laughs> uh, hopefully they left them with some toilets and stuff. Some toilets, some batteries. <laughs> some replicators. Some... Maybe they did. Yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to find out. I, I think it'd actually be really interesting um, to see what happens once they wrap up this Zindi plot. Um, if they actually address this, mm-hmm. that they've gone back and, you know, uh, and picked up the humans or sent, you know, f- had Earth ships come to pick them up or something, right? Because they basically said, like, as soon as we're done dealing with the Zendi, we'll, we'll help you out. It might be a little while, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder if they'll just forget about them. Probably. <laughs> uh, I thought that, um, I mean, it was obviously kind of a, heavy allegory here for you know the almost like a reverse treatment of native americans i guess mm-hmm. um or reverse slavery if you want to go that down that path um i i thought that the the concept of i thought that it was an interesting concept that that how did these humans get on this planet in the expanse? You know, it seems impossible. And then, you know, it's a pretty straightforward explanation, you know, alien abduction. Oh, you know, like you you hear about alien abduction stuff all the time. And in this case, you know, the aliens needed some, you know, labor, some slave labor to mine or whatever they were doing. Uh, I still thought that, you know, it was an interesting setup for a Western episode. It wasn't time travel. It wasn't a holodeck. Uh, so I, I mean, it was clearly their way to get around not having a holodeck, though. They wanted to do something, something off. Yeah. Yeah. Not something off the ship, something different, something uh, like genre 
based, you know, a, a Western genre. Right. They wanted to do that. And so it's kind of like, oh, now we're seeing how Enterprise might tackle that kind of, you know, thing that in the past would have been either time travel on the original Star Trek series or holodeck on, you know, one of the others. Yeah. I mean, Westerns were a key part of Next Generation. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of episodes of them being in westerns so mhm mhm and and like i said they've they've certainly watched enough westerns on the enterprise yeah uh, to be to be set for this um yeah i i i didn't i don't have particularly particularly strong feelings in either direction about the episode um i i I thought that the shootout was pretty intense. And like I said, um, Archer getting shot through the shoulder like that with, with a bullet was pretty, I don't know why it stuck with me so much, but it was, it was really bloody. It was, it was a (laughs) nasty wound for sure. But yeah, on a show where you're so used to them using energy weapons that just kind of make the person glow, (laughs) glow where they're hit, you know, like they, they don't usually have like these, these very like visceral, you know, wounds uh going on um uh, and there were some you know some little bits of comedy like you said i i didn't care for the idea that uh to paul gets taken captive like you're right she should have just been able to handle her herself he he it would have been funny if he tried to take her captive like in, in like a western you know trope with women and then uh and then she just you know knocked him out or yeah something. like uh no this isn't this isn't a Western. Like I am, I'm a badass Klingon or badass Klingon. I'm a badass Vulcan woman. Um, and you're not going to do that to me. Yeah. Um, that would, that would have been like if she did like the Vulcan nerve pinch on him or something. Yeah. That would have been cute. Yeah. (laughs) Um, this is obviously an excuse for them to do a Western. Uh, Mm -hmm. I feel like, it didn't make a lot of logical sense that they would become a Western town mm-hmm. uh, because they had the Skagaran technology. Yeah, that and even if they were abducted from Earth during like the 1800s uh, and, and they were in, you know, a, a Western, you know, a tr- traditionally Old West kind of setting when they were abducted, they had 300 years to... Per- progress right you know i don't think they would have stayed as the old west for 300 years right especially with access like you said to some technology Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) yeah i mean it's fine for the show but just Mm -hmm. thinking about it logically it didn't make a lot of sense to me no no it didn't but i guess yeah I'm, i'm trying to think i guess if it was just that story without the western setting it would have been kind of like just another enterprise episode right but it had a western setting so you got to see you got to see archer trying to be you know a tough guy cowboy or something <laughs> yeah um i i did kind of like it more i i definitely liked it more on say than uh, on tng where you know they'd go in the holodeck and it'd be a western simulation and you'd have wharf you know trying to act like a cowboy you know that kind of thing it was more humorous mm-hmm. um this was this was really not a humorous setup uh, no you know not at all people being mistreated and not allowed to you know get married or go to school and yeah it was pretty dark yeah, um, it, it, it felt like Star Trek in that it deals with heavy themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. 
it was kind of a goofy episode in a lot of ways too yeah yeah it was uneven i'll say that yeah <laughs> uh so let's take a little break and when we come back we'll talk about similitude similitude all right upn wednesday the most difficult test facing any captain any crew is the loss of a shipmate we will never forget what he did for us for all the citizens of earth but the greatest mystery is what he left behind and we're back uh let's talk about star trek enterprise season three episode 10 similitude our original air date november 19th 2003 take it away randy all right so the episode begins uh in the armory of the enterprise uh the entire uh, crew of the ship has gathered it's a very somber setting uh archer uh is eulogizing someone uh as a friend and and as a, someone who's quite brave uh the camera pans across those in attendance and we see you know all the major uh, uh bridge crew we see hoshi we see reed but uh surprisingly absent is uh one mr trip tucker the third that's because dun 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 he's the one they're eulogizing what uh, yeah yeah um believe it or not they pan down and in um the end of wrath of khan fashion spoiler alert uh trip is laying inside of a torpedo casing uh presumably about to get ejected out into the big vacuum of space and then as the camera holds on his lifeless corpse, we go to the opening credits. Uh, we come back from the credits. Uh, we get some text on the screen that tells us it's two weeks earlier. Uh, Trip has been making some modifications to the warp reactor uh, with the hopes that Enterprise will be able to travel uh, at a sustained warp five uh, for prolonged periods uh, without the kind of... Um, uh, turbulence, I guess, that comes with doing that. Uh, it's, you know, they can't really run flat out for a long time without it kind of wanting to shake the ship apart. Uh, so he wants to compress the antimatter stream, um, in order to do this. Uh, they, they do a simulation. Looks like it's going to be great. Uh, they go for a full test run of the compressed antimatter stream, uh, and during it, there is an injector flare. Uh, basically, warp drives on the, on the brink of blowing up. Uh, so, you know, Trip being the, uh, the quick thinker he is, uh, figures out how to shut down the reactor. But as he does so, there's an explosion which knocks him off the reactor and knocks him unconscious. Uh, we find out in sick bay that Trip is in a coma and he has some degree of brain damage from the explosion. But, uh, Dr. Phlox, in his menagerie of creatures, <laughs> just so happens to have something called the Lassarian Desert Larvae, uh, which, uh, when injected with human DNA or with the DNA of another creature uh can create basically a a mimetic symbiote a uh a perfect clone of them the only thing is that this clone uh grows up very quickly and only lives for about two weeks um so flox basically wants to create a clone of trip and use the clone's brain material it's 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 a uh, uh, neural material to uh, transplant into Trip and save his life. Um, 
Archer uh, doesn't want to jump into it, wants to think it over. Um, I just the the we can talk about this in a minute, but just the fact that he just happens to have this thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really convenient. It's very convenient. Uh, um, and also makes it very obvious who's getting the funeral. Yeah. Because the clone yeah. lives for only 15 days. Right. And it's two weeks earlier. Mm, the timeline yes. works out. <laughs> if you, the audience, could do the math. <laughs> well, we've got a little bit of a ways to get there, so who knows? Anything could happen, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so the when the inter- when Trip brought the Enterprise out of warp um, and averted the disaster, uh, the ship was left inside of this field of like these particulates, and they're starting to cling to the hull of the ship. And it's not a problem right now, but if they stay there for a prolonged period, uh, it could pose a problem. So because of this, um, Archer agrees uh, that they should go ahead and create the clone to help uh, to save Trip because they need him to uh, fix the ship. Uh, the clone, uh, begins to grow very quickly, uh, and ends up living, uh, with Phlox in sickbay. Uh, Phlox struggles with a n- name for the clone, but eventually decides on Sim. Because, you know, Similitude. <laughs> it's a very on-the-nose name. Yes, very on-the-nose. Uh, as Sim grows, it becomes obvious that he has Trip's memories, uh, which is interesting. Uh, he starts asking questions. Uh, for instance, he's reading a book with Hoshi and he mentions, Oh, you know, I know what happens in this book. My mom's read it to me. And it's kind of like, okay. So it's implied that memories, uh, in this episode, it's implied that memories are somehow genetic. Something that, you know, our current day science hasn't proven. Uh, but apparently in, in the Star Trek universe, uh, this is pretty common knowledge, I guess. Um, so we get a couple of scenes uh, with uh, Sim and Archer um, before he, you know, drops the news on him about who he really is. Uh, he's playing with Por- Porthos. We find out that uh, Trip had a dog as a child. Uh, he's flying Archer's model spaceship, which we've seen in his quarters uh, in previous episodes uh, around, uh, I guess, engineering somewhere in the ship. Yeah, so- I, I think uh, it would be pretty cool to make one of those now since we have the drone technology oh right to make like a a a look-alike of that ship yeah like like i kind of want to see one of those at like a truck convention that'd be awesome mm-hmm. hmm okay it would be a project <laughs> uh <laughs> sponsored by track track we could have it pull a little banner behind <laughs> it uh so after putting it off for a while archer finally tells him uh the truth he takes him to see uh the original trip in sick bay and explains things to him and sim uh, seems surprisingly okay with it i don't know if he at this point at this age he fully understands (laughs) what it means but he's basically asked you know oh is it gonna hurt is this procedure gonna hurt he says no you know uh flocks is really good um he tells me it won't hurt i believe him um so Sim grows up some more. Uh, he, he is getting older. We see kind of like a trip in his twenties, maybe late teens, twenties. Uh, he starts helping with the repairs to the warp drive and he starts growing closer to T'Pol, who he's working with on these repairs. Um, so Sim devises a plan at one point, uh, to free Enterprise from the particulate field, uh, involves towing the ship using two 
of the shuttle pods. Uh, he wants to pilot one of those. Uh, he says he has thousands of hours of experience, uh, but Archer doesn't want to let him do it because he's so crucial to Trip's recovery. So Archer s- sends Reed and Travis instead, and the plan succeeds. Um, after this, um, we have a, you know, a, uh, a little bit of an awkward scene where young, uh, well, it's, I guess at this point he's Trip's age. Um, Sim confesses his feelings for T'Pol. But he says he can't be sure if they're his feelings or trips. So we're not too sure. But I think we had a previous episode where I maybe it was Reed said he liked to Paul or something. Yeah, Reed likes to Paul. Um, but it's clear that uh, Trip and to Paul are getting closer with their neuropressure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sessions. Yeah, I, I made a note that it's possible that maybe since the that Sim was around to Paul as he was growing up and kind of going through puberty, maybe his attachment is stronger than yeah. uh, the original trip. Yeah, I could say that. Tri- trip alpha, I guess we could <laughs> call him. So at this point, uh, we get some bad news. Uh, Flox tells Archer that Sim probably won't survive the transplant after all. Um, Sim, you know, learns of this and he starts questioning why his life seems to be worth less than everyone else on the Enterprise. Uh, Phlox tells Archer uh, and Sim that there may be a way to slow his aging using an enzyme, and Sim wants to try it. Um, Archer is later looking for Sim, and he finds him in Trip's quarters, and Archer seems pretty upset about this, that Sim is starting to really identify as Trip. Uh, Sim tells Archer that he doesn't want to grow old and die prematurely. He wants to try this enzyme. Uh, Archer tells them that there's very little hope that it will work and that it will, in the amount of time it will take to synthesize the enzyme, Sim will grow too old for his neural, ma- neural material uh, to be able to u- be used in the transplant. Um, I'm wondering if at this point, if Archer doesn't want to try it because he knows he's just going to die anyways. Um, or if it's really just because it will take too long, and apparently you can't transplant brain matter from old people into younger people. Yeah, that, that was also a concern I had in the beginning, because uh, they die in 15 days. Does, doesn't that mean their like organs and stuff would start decaying really quickly? Yeah, and, and I was also wondering, well, doesn't it mean that, that they're... They're, you know, if they take the neural material from them, won't it just continue to age very quickly? Yeah, and trip. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's what. But I, was I guess about. I guess once you take it out, it it just stops aging <laughs> or ages ages at a normal speed. I I guess. Uh, yeah, okay. Archer's really keeping his distance from Sim. Like he's not treating Sim as a person. No, it's it's an odd situation. Um, Archer at this point. Speaking of that, Archer basically admits to Sim that he's willing to do anything to succeed on the, the anti-Zindi mission, even if it means killing Sim. So it's pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, pretty extreme. Um, after this, uh, we get a scene where someone has taken over the launch bay controls. Uh, turns out, uh, surprise, surprise, it's Sim in a shuttle pod, uh, basically trying to escape. Um, he doesn't, however, Archer uh, goes to the launch bay to talk to him, uh, and we find out, basically, he he didn't follow through with it because he realized, you know, here in the Expanse, he had nowhere to go. 
Um, and he jokes that uh, the only thing worse than basically, you know, living out the rest of his days as long as possible in in a shuttle pod adrift in, in the middle of the expanse would be being trapped in there with Reed, which was a callback to the episode uh, Shuttle Pod 1, mm-hmm. where they were trapped together. I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, but what really stopped uh, Sim from following through were memories of Trip's sister, which he obviously also shares. Uh, he says that he didn't want anyone else to suffer the same fate uh, as her. And uh, Archer says, N- you know, neither does he. And that's why he, this whole thing is, is underway. Um, he says, okay, you know, basically I'll go through with it. And he jokes with Archer uh, that he should tell Trip to be more careful when he makes mods to the warp drive in the future. So uh, after this, it's time for the surgery. Uh, T'Pol uh, comes into sick bay and tells Sim that she will miss him. Uh, she gives him a kiss, and he says that that was a great going away present. Uh, Sim thanks Flocks for being a good father. Uh, he tells Archer that this is what he was meant to do, just as Archer was meant to be a starship captain, uh, and tells trip before the procedure starts that he owes him one uh fox gives him an injection and that's that uh so then uh, we end up back in the armory it's the eulogy from the intro and of course we <laughs> learn that it was for sim all along because the camera pans to the rest of the crew including the recuperating trip uh they close up the torpedo casing and sim is shot into space the end yeah uh i I like the way they try to fake you out by uh giving him trips jumpsuit Mm -hmm. Uh, when you know throughout the rest of the episode he's wearing a gray generic gray jumpsuit yeah Uh, decided he they i guess they decided he deserved a full uh starfleet uniform yeah yeah it's after his sacrifice uh i really like this episode um Mm -hmm. it really affected me more than i thought it would i was getting Mm -hmm. choked up at the end of this episode yeah it was well done and well acted i mean and you know trip is is so good to begin with (laughs) you know and he's playing this role uh it was the quintessential star trek episode in Mm -hmm. that it dealt with these heavy themes uh heavy uh ideas and then added a lot of emotion to it uh Mm -hmm. yeah it was just it was just really well done it was and you know it 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 reminded me like when i learned what the setup was i mean as i'm watching it and i'm realizing what's going on i immediately started thinking wow this is this would have been the plot of a Star Trek The Next Generation episode for sure. Like, it was the kind of topic that that earlier Star Trek series took on uh, pretty, you know, pretty often. Mm-hmm. But that we hadn't seen in a long time on Star Trek. Um, uh, and and it was it was it was refreshing. It was dark and, you know, it was emotional and uh, I felt bad, <laughs> you know, and it, it was it was also I thought it was interesting that that you would think that they would oh well they'll come up with some way to you know they'll give trip a sh- or they'll give sim you know they'll figure out how to extend his life and they'll give him a shuttle pod and say go off and go on an adventure or something you know but no like it ends up with him being sacrifice you know him sacrificing himself actually not even himself I mean he kind of didn't have a choice in the matter yeah. Yeah, he was born just to 
be a sacrifice. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like you were saying, uh, before about it being Trip, uh, it had to be Trip. Like, of all the characters, he's the one, uh, character that the audience, or at least I, really mm-hmm. care about. Mm-hmm. So, if it were anyone else, it'd be probably not as impactful. Right. I mean, can you imagine it being like Hoshi or <laughs> Travis or, you know, like these underdeveloped characters, right? Yeah. They had to go with a character that has actually been, I would say, outside of uh, to Paul, probably the most developed character on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't work with Archer. No. Um, you know, because Trip kind of, Trip's kind of the heart, I think, of the show at this point. And, and so it really had to be him. And, and plus, you know, um, like I said, like, he, you know, he's also a great actor, you know, so you felt it, you know, and, and getting to see all the versions of him and you felt like, wow, I've kind of seen Trip as, you know, all these different, st- at all these different stages of his life in a very short period of time. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was pretty excellent. And I, uh, I, I totally agree with, with you. And I hope, I hope even though the show is, is, is condensed, uh, even though we've only got one more, you know, season after this, that we get some, at least a couple more episodes like this where they, they go for a heavier topic. Yeah. I, and I noted that this is kind of another, ethical quandary episode involving flocks mm-hmm. uh like dear doctor which is another really good episode mm-hmm. uh so that was kind of cool yeah it seems that that they found some a way to use flocks to have these kind of gray area medical episodes well because he's the outsider right he's not yeah. a human so he can bring he a different perspective yeah he doesn't have quite the same the the same reaction to things that the rest of the crew does mm-hmm. but um and i and i've got to imagine like i don't have something that says it, it exactly correlates but i think this episode probably aired around the time that there was probably a lot of debate around like human cloning <laughs> and cloning humans or using you know like embryonic material for like uh you know dna uh, therapy and stuff like that or just um, even stem about like stem that. cell stem research. Cells, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, just random notes uh, I have. The uh, movie night uh, is a night at the opera, a film from 1935. Oh, of course, it's in the public <laughs> domain. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so sure, why not? Uh, let's see what else I have. Um, this is the first time they've had a funeral on Enterprise, mm-hmm. uh, though we have had deaths now, uh, in this mm-hmm. season. Uh, and this episode was directed by LeVar Burton. Right. You know what? I, t- I had totally blanked on that. What I've been thinking about is it was, uh, written by Manny Cotto. Cotto, mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, who was, um, I guess pretty well known for 24 being a writer on there hmm. and uh and on star trek but i thought it was interesting it has nothing to do with 24 but uh yeah good job lavar because i know he's directed some previous episodes that didn't really didn't really hit <laughs> yeah 
yeah, but this one, uh, probably my favorite Enterprise episode so far. Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about Carpenter Street and Chosen oh Realm. Ooh. All right. Sounds exciting. Sounds very, like, two very different episodes. <laughs> yeah. Carpenter Street. That's weird. Hmm. With music by John Carpenter. <laughs> we can only hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Sounds great. Hopefully they're as good as Similitude. I feel like it's going to be downhill from here for a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to talk. Uh, with Enterprise especially, it's very uneven mm. uh, so far. Well, we can hope. So far, so far it's been uneven. But we're approaching the halfway point for this season, so we'll see. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. Talk to you soon. on an all-new Star Trek Enterprise. They have the virus. Travel in time to the year 2004. The place, Earth, the date. Now. It's a battle to avert a bioweapon strike at the heart of the 21st century. None of this was supposed to happen. 